love, friends, and welcome to Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about the Word of God and the various ways it applies to our lives. This season, we are talking about the book of Acts and the works of Jesus through His church and in His kingdom. I'm Amber Barrett, and joining Vanessa and me in conversation today are Helen Morgan and Jamie Long. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you here and to see your little smiles. (laughs) Yep. Y'all looking happy. Um, I want y'all to tell us a little bit about the way the two of you know one another. And Helen, why don't you do that for us? Okay. Well, you know, everybody knows the long, so they file into church, they take two pews all by themselves, and they all have red hair. So everybody knows them. But I didn't personally know Jamie until she came to spend the night at my house with a mutual friend. I believe you both camped out on my living room floor. But I just remember being so impressed with her spiritual maturity at a teenage age. Mm, And I I remember going to Helen's house and just drooling over this incredible desk (laughs) in one of her back bedroom. A desk like a writing desk? Oh, it was a a federal judge's desk. It was massive. And I had just gotten a desk at home about the same time. Um, nothing like what Helen had, but a bit of desk envy there (laughs) on a level. You, I still to this day have never had a nice desk. And I, I categorize every desk I see based on that one at Helen's house. She just asked me when I get rid of it to call her. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So she thought you're spiritual mature and you were coveting. You hit that very very well, Jamie. All right. Well, ladies, let's move on to our first things first question. We asked that at the beginning of every podcast. And this week, the first things first question is, who is the first superhero that comes to mind when you think about the kind of superhero you would like to be? So you're going to answer my question and you're going to tell us a little bit about yourself. So Helen kicks off. I'm Helen Morgan, and my immediate family is my husband, Russ. But we also try to uh, parent my deceased sister's three adult children, two in Billings and one in Austin, Texas. So that makes it a bit hard. Yeah. I am retired once from SRS working in IT and once again from Heritage working in development. Heritage, of course, was my favorite um, job. Hobbies, I'd have to say shopping and investing. I know those are really, okay. really different. Those are <laughs> like awesome. polar opposites. Yes, polar like. opposites. Yes, spending and investing. Well, uh, but so is SRS and Heritage Academy. So that's true. Yeah, those that's are pretty true. different too. Very yeah, much. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. you were doing stuff at Heritage. That's yeah. cool. Because for, for people who would know, SRS is what and Heritage is what? Savannah River site. It's the nuclear uh, plant near, near Augusta. And Heritage Academy is a uh, private Christian school for... Uh, I would say underprivileged children primarily, but not exclusively. And my superhero, I'm a pretty literal person, uh, and I'm not much of a fantasy person. My husband drags me to some of those movies, but (laughs) I would say my superhero are women like Kay Gibbs, Diane Burnside, who have faithfully Mm -hmm. and cheerfully Mm -hmm. uh, cared for an ailing husband or special needs child for years. Wow. Yeah. Those are two sweet women, heroes Mm -hmm. of the faith in our -hmm. our church, Mm -hmm. for sure. All right, Jane, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and then your superhero. Uh, I'm the oldest of 10 kids, uh, homeschooled my whole life, uh, went to law school, a very non-traditional route, uh, went out to California, practiced law for a while, and then came back and am here and happy to be here. Now I do real estate and uh, love it, love it for the flexibility of being able to be involved in people's lives in ways I couldn't before when I was in a courtroom all the time. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, favorite superhero. So I don't know if this counts or not. So Star Wars is like my favorite. Uh-huh. Okay. Everybody uh-huh. knows that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everyone so, that knows you knows that you love Star Wars. Yes, that is yes. true. <laughs> so um, Luke Skywalker or Leia Skywalker. And uh, I would just say being a Jedi would be like the best <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> what would you like the most about being a Jedi? So I don't know if you realize this, but the lightsaber color tells you what kind of Jedi the Jedi is. And actually in the video games, there's a test when you go through Jedi training and you get to pick the color for your crystal and what lightsaber you're going to get. And you can either get uh, yellow or you can get green or you can get blue. Right. So you go ahead and pick your color. But then the instructor says, are you really sure you match up? Because it's supposed to be particular skills that you have. And so then they they ask you all these questions and then at the end you may have a different colored lightsaber oh, so I wanted, I wanted the green uh-huh. and, uh, because the, and green the blue means you have what kind of skills so the green one is the counselor or the counselor oh. i don't know how you pronounce it uh but the way the uh that jedi works is they're very strong in the force at recognizing deceit and ferreting out mm. untruth and being able to bring truth to light mm. so that was why i always wanted to mm-hmm. be that Jedi. Nice. That connects with your I um, love that. lawyer, judge, all of those things. <laughs> Truthful real estate agent. Like, everybody <laughs> wants to be calling you, girl. <laughs> what about you, Vanessa? Okay, so probably before uh, recent times, I would have said, you know, maybe like Superman. Uh-huh. Um, well, you know, Superwoman. <laughs> yeah. And X-ray vision. But having, <laughs> having gone through the TSA so many times now, <laughs> X-ray vision has lost something. <laughs> There's some things you just mm, don't want to see. It's just not desirable yes, anymore. Yes. So I, I think whoever does time travel, I don't know. Okay. Who, whoever oh, cool. does time travel. Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. Okay, do and time I am travel? strange. But, yeah. then, so, <laughs> but time travel, just because, you know, I just like, there are people, um, there are heroes I'd like to go back and have conversations uh, with. Uh, yeah. Good. Um, um, and so, yeah, just for the sake of, you know, engaging history uh, up close and personally, I think I'd like to do, I'd like that superpower. Now, what superhero that is, I don't know, but that superpower to go talk to superheroes. To go talk to superheroes. I love it. There you go. Y'all are very deep. Okay. Yeah. My, <laughs> mine was Black Widow. All right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but not the Black Widow who's trained to be the sort of sultry assassin, but the Black <laughs> Widow who reformed has a deep and passionate heart for people and the ability to protect people that she loves and i'm gonna have to say look fantastic while she's doing it so anyway we uh i do think we love superheroes for various reasons and sometimes we can think making a little transition here to what we're going to be talking about today in our podcast. We can think that characters, real people in the Bible are superheroes, Mm -hmm. um, types that have faith and obedience that are beyond our reach. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always strong. They're always brave. They're always immediately willing to do the hard thing that's required of them. And the apostle Paul especially could be seen as sort of like a spiritual superhero to us, somebody who's in possession maybe of something we don't have, some spiritual power we don't have. But Paul never presents himself that way. He knew his own weakness and his trust was in God's strength. And we really see that in our passage today. We're going to be talking about Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 28. And I do want to encourage you, if you're listening and you haven't read this passage, that this discussion will be so much more helpful and meaningful to you if you hit the pause button, 
read it, and then come back to hear what we have to say. When we open up Acts chapter 18, we begin to read in verse 1, we see that Paul has made his way to Corinth, and he's in the middle of what we now call his second missionary journey. And along the way, in his missionary's journeys, he's been to several cities. His his main purpose is to preach the gospel boldly and faithfully. He's seen large numbers of people come to faith, and yet along the way, he continually comes under intense and increasing persecution. In our passage for today, we see that same theme. He comes to Corinth, his goal is to preach the gospel, and he encounters opposition. And at the same time, he also encounters encouragement and grace. But Vanessa, talk to us a little bit from this passage, what stuck out to you about how we could see you know, Paul's very human here. He, yeah. he really is discouraged mm-hmm. in this passage. Mm-hmm. And what are some of those reasons that we can see here that that may have contributed to Paul's discouragement? Yeah, I, I love that you're pointing out his humanity because we can see him as a bit of a superhero mm-hmm. of the faith. And Paul is going about his his job, his work, his calling, attempting to be faithful to what he has been called to do, and that's to teach the gospel. He's faithfully going into synagogues on the Sabbath. He's persuading Jews and Greeks. He's taking the gospel, uh, not just to the Jews, which is his ethnic identity, but he's taking it to the Greeks or the Gentiles, people outside of his ethnic um, identity. And he is seeking to persuade them with this life-giving truth, something that he is risking his life for day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And to have people oppose him Mm -hmm. um, publicly, to revile him, to um, for him to constantly be in danger doing what he is called to do. Just that is so incredibly discouraging. It's so incredibly discouraging to be doing the right things mm-hmm. and to have opposition that is really just extraordinary opposition. And, and that's what he's facing. And so he is not immune to this type of discouragement. He is very human doing the right thing and suffering um, the consequence for doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. do the right thing and to be opposed. And so hard. You know, and George Robertson points out in this study that not only is he opposed by his own ethnic group and another ethnic group, yes. he's opposed by those that he later claims to love so much that if it's possible that he would take their place in hell. Mm. Like it, it mm. is just this mm. intense love for his people. And, and George points out when it's people that you love the dearest, maybe it's a dear friend or a family member, that's so um, hard. someone you're super close with and, and, and they oppose you and you're trying, like you said, to do the right thing, to love them well, that is such, that can be such a source of discouragement. Yes. You know, some of the other things you see in there is he, he goes into Corinth and he's leaving Athens and it's one of the first times, there's a lot of cities where it says he saw lots of people come to faith, but in Athens, only a few came to faith and he's being forced to leave a city after city because of persecution, not necessarily probably on what feels like his terms or his timetable. He's traveled 150 miles. He's just plain tired. Mm -hmm. He gets to Corinth and he's got to get a job. He, He wants to preach, but he has to support himself. So now he's working during the day, giving a lot of his energy, all of that. And then yet going to the synagogue and encountering giving his heart and his soul in the face of opposition. So all of those things come into play and Mm -hmm. you can really see why he could be discouraged. Ladies, when we see Paul's discouragement, when I read this passage, it was like a relief to me. Like, oh, 
okay, discouragement is not a sign that I'm not a good enough Christian, you mm-hmm. know, or, yeah. uh, but it's, it's yeah. a legitimate thing. And we're going to see that the Lord meets Paul in that. But before we get there, what are some of just to help our listeners think through their own sources of discouragement? Can you describe in general, um, some of the ways that those sorts of discouragements in your life, opposition, loneliness, financial strain, or anything else has been a source of discouragement to you as well? I'll, I'll start with that one um, and try not to go too long on it, but uh, particularly not getting the results. He was doing the right thing, like you said, mm-hmm. Vanessa, and pursuing the Lord and fulfilling his calling as best he knew how, as faithfully as he could do. And yet you see a continuous pattern of the opposition that kept coming up. But to, to see the results, um, he didn't see it fully because of the fact that I think it, it's later when Timothy and Silas or whoever shows up with him later who brings news. Because at this point, I think he's thinking maybe not everybody is still walking with the Lord. Or maybe they're coming, but he's not getting to see uh, that aspect. But I don't know. It was it was really uh, encouraging to read the passage uh, and to focus on this. Just because for me, um, I would say... Uh, right around when I was turning 30, I was all excited. I've been waiting to get to 30 forever because I was like, (laughs) I have enough, I have enough background, skills, experience, whatever you want to call it to where maybe I can do something awesome for the Lord. And, um, I was in California at the time practicing law and I was getting ready to take or start going to take classes to get into licensing in Washington, DC, which was my ultimate goal. Mm. And, uh, that was the year that I got really, really sick where, uh, had the opportunity, was about to become a partner at the firm and got sick and couldn't figure out what the issues were. Went to a bunch of different doctors. Ultimately, long story short, I uh, did find a doctor who figured out the issues and said, you need to quit law. Mm-hmm. You cannot continue wow. to practice law wow. or you will kill yourself. Ultimately, in a couple of years, you won't physically be able to work. Mm-hmm. So get out of it. And I remember being very, very, that's ridiculous. God's called mm-hmm. me to this. I've been studying since I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go take on all those government people that are don't know the Lord uh, and stand in the gap. Desk, right? <laughs> yes. I'm a great desk. Yes. Yes. My <laughs> huge desk. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to stand in the gap. I, I made decisions. I'm going to be single. You know, I've, I've made other decisions everything about this is where my life is going and then to have that be completely ripped away Um, (laughs) and ultimately it being a good thing but that was probably one of the most discouraging things of my life and it took two years to heal and uh, had wonderful parents who kind of nursed me back to health and now I can work again but for a while there was genuine fear that I might not be able to work Mm-hmm. And that was that was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. But the discouragement had a lot more to do with, well, what, what's the vision now? Why are you allowing this, Lord? I poured every aspect and ounce of who I am into this calling that you have for me. It's not really calling. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamie, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I, I enjoy hearing it again because I really walked through some of it with you when you came back. And. I remember being so encouraged by the way you struggled just to even separate out what it felt like was the calling and how could the Lord take a calling Mm -hmm. and yet very much treasure you and have something for you to do. But once you to recognize it wasn't about what you did for him, it was who you were in him. And just Mm -hmm. to see that whole process was was a privilege to see. Um, really the discouragement I was going to, would talk about is loneliness in in my late twenties. I went through a divorce 
my husband and I had come to Augusta for him to go to dental school. And when he, we had only been here about a year when he left. Hmm. Interesting thing about a divorce is suddenly all your friends are married and they're busy with their husbands uh-huh. and their families. And you're single with lots of time on your hands. I was even excited to be invited to a Tupperware party. And that's pretty <laughs> so I was very lonely and very distraught. But that is when I became a Christian. Mm. I had oh, believed. Neat. I had attended church. I'd read my Bible regularly. But this is when I really submitted my life to Christ. Mm. And so hard time, but something really great came out of it. Uh, my family was astonished that I stayed in Augusta. You know, they mm. said, when are you coming home? But uh, this church reached out to me so many and loved wow. me That's and awesome. cared for me. And I mm. stayed and mm. I'm still here. Mm. <laughs> and we're glad that you are. Yes, you. very much so. Mm. <laughs> That's so cool, Helen. Uh, I love to hear um, when people are nurtured, um, by the church, particularly in difficult situations. And when I, I, because in ministry, there's just so many times you get things wrong. (laughs) You know, that's, there's so many times you get things wrong. And um, I wouldn't say that loneliness would be the area of discouragement for me. It would be feeling alone, Mm. maybe Mm. sometimes even in service. Mm. And um, I, I love that in the passage, um, the Lord is encouraging Paul saying, I have many in, in this city who are my people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can just forget. You can have that sense of it's just me doing it. And that's just very that self, you know, aggrandizing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking more of yourself than you ought in that. But you see that type of discouragement with Elijah, you know, the Lord having to say, no, there are many in this city that mm-hmm. have not bowed knee to bow, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just your fight. It really is mine. This is my mm-hmm. work and I'm going to do it through your hands. And so needing that encouragement in, in discouragement, um, that, that, that sense of feeling that I'm the only one, I'm, I'm so grateful that the Lord does remind us that no, there are many. There are many in the city. There are my people. Okay, so ladies, can you tell us about a time that God used a means of grace to encourage you when you were discouraged? I, yes, uh, I would say it's been a little while, but 14 years ago, my younger sister, Anne, was murdered in Aiken. Mm-hmm. That was a devastating time for me. And my parents were both already dead. So I was really sort of the adult in charge. And I was dealing with my own grief and planning her funeral, packing up her house, uh, helping her grieving children, dealing with a, with a police investigation. And my final undoing was when my 70-year-old addicted nephew came to live with us for seven months. I was a mess. Uh, many, many in the in the church uh, did many gracious things for me, some that I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. But one friend really stood out. I mean, she made me little handmade scripture cards. And at that point in my life, that was about all I could take in. You know, um, she invited me to her neighborhood Bible study. And thank you, Lord. There were godly women in that Bible study who knew about addiction mm-hmm. and helped me and encouraged me. She found a Christian counselor who specialized in traumatic death. And I had gone through, our church did not have a counseling ministry at that point, and I had gone through several. Um, she helped me find a teen drug program for my nephew. She was just really um, God's hand and feet to mm-hmm. help me make that through that. She even, uh, I took a, a boundaries class in Columbia, and so one night a week for eight weeks, she drove with me to oh, Columbia wow. and back. 
so I could learn to set some boundaries with my nephew. Wow. wow. That's love. That is some powerful is. encouragement. Yes. I, I think often we think of encouragement as being encouraging words. Mm-hmm. But wow, what an encouraging presence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess mine's a little bit more generic, but uh, God's word. I mean, during that time. Uh, Girl, God's word's not generic. What's wrong with you? See, I told y'all she was spiritual. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank yeah, you. All the things you said, Helen. Yeah, we're really seeing that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Covetous heretic, right? <laughs> it's just not nice, Amber. We won't get guests back if you yes. treat them that way. <laughs> well, um, what I've just found is that the Lord gives you the right verses mm. when He knows that deepest fear. You know, nobody else knows what that deep core fear is. Mm-hmm. And when you run into that, he has a way of abundantly, either through people with his word or just you reading it or you listening to the sermon. I mean, part of the lesson talked about that. It can come from a song, you know, he was listening, what, Robertson was listening to Handel's Messiah or something. And Mm -hmm. it meant something different when he said, comfort, comfort my people after Mm -hmm. uh, a miscarriage. But um, for me, I guess probably that deep, dark fear has always been, um, how am I going to provide for myself? You know, because mm-hmm. I'm single, I'm on my own and I don't intend to get married or don't expect that to happen. And so I need to provide for myself. And I definitely have a lot of brothers and sisters. If things go wrong, I need to be able to take care of things. Oh. So that, that, that drive or that desire to always be able to work, to make enough to provide for whatever mm-hmm. reason is really important. So mm-hmm. um, Psalm 81 paraphrasing certain parts of it was just almost like a vision where God says, open your mouth and I'll feel it, that he's going to fill it. And it's like it has a double meaning because he's saying, look, be a little bird, cheep, 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 and I'll put the food in. Or it can also be, I'll put myself in there and you'll, you'll always have me. You'll, and I'm enough. You don't have to just have food. And then the second part, uh, the last part of that chapter uh, talks about, I'll feed you with the finest of the wheat Mm. and with honey from the rock. I will satisfy you. Now it was berating Israel because they hadn't done what they were supposed to do. And that's what he wanted to give them, but he wouldn't give it to them because they wouldn't submit. But for me, that was a, not only will I feed you, I'm going to give you the best. I'm going to give you steak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, you, you won't just get the crumbs, Jamie. I'm going to give you the best. You don't have to. And the other verses that cross reference, I give to my beloved even in their sleep. Mm. And the whole idea, you know, you were talking, Vanessa, about it is so easy for us to take it on and go, okay, we're doing God's work. We're, we're advancing the gospel. We're doing what he called us to do, and we're doing it. Right. It is so easy to slip in that. Yeah. And the biggest encouragements that I've just found that he's provided have always been those do not work um, for for the food that's here work for the food that endures to eternal life right. and what is that what is that work that work is one thing that you believe in me that's the work work to believe and if you'll work to just believe everything else is good mm. and so that's probably the biggest encouragement that he's ever given me on stuff i love that that he satisfies our soul with fatness mm. yeah you know yeah. there's a, there's a yeah. fullness to that oh i love uh, bacon yeah <laughs> <laughs> You love meat, girl. Uh, Mm. (laughs) And I love that combination of you speaking about a friend's presence Mm. and you speaking about God's word and how in our passage you see that the Lord provides Paul with both. Mm -hmm. Yes. In human form, 
but also in his very own form that he comes to him in a vision, somebody he can see, you know, or just he's a palpable sense that the Lord has come to him and he hears the Lord speak and you have his word. And I was thinking that I went walking with a friend yesterday and was feeling discouraged. And this friend was able to speak with me and comfort me in such a tender way uh, because she knew what it was like to be comforted by the Lord herself. She had taken herself to the Lord so many times in times of discouragement, times of joy, times of sadness. She knew his word and she knew him. And so as she was speaking to me, encouragement, she was speaking his word to me in her words, but she was offering me a piece of his presence because she knew him so closely. And I really thought to myself, Lord, it is like you are speaking to me in this moment um, because she had encountered him and she was sharing him with me. And so there are often times when I sit down with the word and I think, Lord, I am so glad because I can't hear you inside myself. I don't have your mm-hmm. thoughts inside myself. I can't find you inside myself, mm-hmm. but you reveal yourself to me. And those ways are his word and his presence. And oftentimes we're, we're blessed to receive both of those through, through other people. Um, can y'all then describe a time lately when God gave you the opportunity, sort of flipping it on your head, to offer his encouragement to someone else? And in what in what ways is God teaching you to be increasingly aware of those sorts of opportunities? Uh, well, a, a recent time when I encouraged somebody else, I had a chance to um, encourage a friend who had just received a pretty difficult diagnosis. And it was like God said, go to Fresh Market, buy the little bouquet and take it to her tonight. And so... <laughs> That's Russ awesome. and I did that, and we had a wonderful time talking and praying with she and her husband. Um, and I think often when someone's sick or there's a death, it's something serious, we don't know what to do. And so we stay away or we ask, what can I do? And that's the worst thing. Don't don't make them think of something, you know. So that's a really a burden mm-hmm. on them, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes when you ask. But I'm not always good, but I'm, I'm learning to pick something and do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really matters so much what you did Mm. is that you did something and Mm. you expressed your love and concern. And again, you're just letting God use your hands and your feet Mm. and your heart. Well, I remember when um, my youngest was sick and in the hospital and so many people loved on me in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I had the thought of like, wow, all of these ways are precious to me because I am somebody when I encounter somebody who's suffering or I I don't know what to do. Yes. I feel a little paralyzed. I want to get it right. I want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I remember thinking there is not a right thing. Like Mm -hmm. all of these things are precious to me. And it helped to free me up to say, all right, when I encounter that, I can choose something to do and not worry too much about whether it's the right thing. But then also I do spend time praying and saying, Lord, I can get myself stuck too with all sorts of needs and feeling like I'm not meeting enough and I'm not doing enough and I can't. And just say, Lord, would you please put it on my heart? You know, especially those times when you really have something for me to do. And I love it when, like you just said, he said to you, you, but you knew in that (laughs) moment. I mean, it's not like probably you heard an audible voice. No, no, not You had that strong inclination to move towards somebody. And the spirit really gives us that, that strong inclination to move towards someone. He may not be that specific. (laughs) You might have to take a little bit of a risk and pick your own bouquet or whatever. But but he moves us that one. I think that's sweet. What about you, Jane? 
Oh, I can learn from both of you guys. I'm not so good at this one. I'm learning how to be more aware. Um, it really has to kind of be staring me in the face. And a lot of times I'm just running through and being too busy and not really taking time to focus on what the Lord might have for that day. So I, it was actually a really challenging uh, question because as I was thinking about it, uh, if, if somebody's in front of me and they're downcast or there's whatever, I'll ask questions and try to figure it out. And then um, if something comes to mind, I'll speak, you know, whatever comes to mind. But it's much less planned than Helen's. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few years to go there, Jamie. I'm not as Don't aware worry. as Helen. So, um, but I, well, my sister Jessie is moving down to Florida uh, to take a new job—a job that is what she feels is super overwhelming and going to be very, very difficult. But in my personal opinion, it's like I've seen God prep her for this for years, and it's amazing. It's a great opportunity. But I know there have been other people that are like, that's too big for you. That's that, that's beyond you or whatever. Well, yeah, oh, but she's no. going to be relying on the Lord. And it's so obvious step by step for how he's worked this, you know, just to be able to say, hey, this is the right thing. This is, you know, God's calling to you. It, it's going to work out mm-hmm. one way or another. It's going to work out because God's ordained it. And you can see the steps that he's been leading up to. I guess more affirming is probably something than anything else. That's super encouraging to have someone know you well enough and mm-hmm. to see the Lord's work in you clearly enough to say, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in ministry, there are always lots of opportunities uh, to encourage or to mess it up. Um, <laughs> but I think I tend to do what has been done to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and some of the most powerful ways that I have been encouraged have been with people not saying a word. Um, people who knew to just come sit next to me, people who knew to come weep with me. Um, One of the most powerful uh, moments of encouragement for me was when I had really blown it uh, big and I had a mentor friend to come and pray over me to hold me and weep. Mm. And there was no, there's no encouragement like that, but I've since had people that I've prayed over and wept. Um, I, I've had people that I've pulled their head to my head and, and cried with them. Um, and, and so I think a lot of um, the encouragement that I've given, of course, you know, um, sometimes that's scripture. Uh, sometimes that's a story about my experiences. But sometimes I'm just in the moment with you, fully present, fully open to what you're saying, interested in your story. And that's sacred ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's encouragement. Genuine encouragement happens in that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you say you're encouraged in the ways you're encouraged, you mean from other people, but yeah. you also mean from the Lord and through other you know, people, yeah. through other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Through the Lord, through other people. And when you get at the center of this passage, you recognize that the biggest source of Paul's encouragement was that the Lord came to him and that the Lord spoke to him and that the Lord assured him and that the Lord had had the power to come through on everything he said and his presence and his promises he could guarantee. And I think when you think about that, he's the only one that can guarantee what we need in a superhuman sort of way. And so the superhero, of course, not to be cheesy, is the Lord. He is the superhero and he comes to us in, in our discouragement and he uses us um, to encourage one another. And it's it's a beautiful picture and it all points back to him. 
Amen. Ladies, with that note of encouragement, thank you, first of all, Helen and Jamie. Thank you for being with us today. You guys are amazing. Listeners, if you want to see Helen and Jamie, um, our guest today, check out Women's Bible Study Facebook page at Women's Bible Study FPCA or find us on Instagram at First Pres Augusta Women. We'd love to have you join us again next week. Take us with you as you put your feet up and recoup from spring cleaning. <laughs> Join us next week when we're talking about our chief task of testifying continually to God's grace. Hope you'll listen in. Sometimes a light surprises the Christian while she sings. It is the Lord who rises with healing in His wings. When comforts are declining, He grants the soul again A season of clear shining To cheer it after the rain